You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Bengals fans are amazing. They're resilient, they're tough, but they're fun. And I'm I'm really excited to hopefully meet a lot, a lot more of you. Isaac has the big game. Then we became a real balanced offense for the playoff run, which I thought was really important. He put on the greatest route running exhibition I have ever seen in my life. He was he was football 24-7, and that was the greatest part of, of Chad. Times at times uh, early. Part, I would tell him when we were throwing deep passes, I said, don't wait too long, you know, because I'm going to get away. If you ain't going to have the arm to get there. So, you know, I want to run to the ball, you know. Well, it looks like Duke's in the waiting room. I don't want to keep Duke waiting. He gave us a very limited amount of time. I know he's a busy, busy man. Duke, what's going on, big dog? How you doing, buddy? Jim, how are you, man? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I'm real busy. I'm sitting on my porch. Yeah, well, hey. I'll have a little drink going on there. You know, Joe Burrow has played in big games his entire life, and I would think he will be a steady hand at the at the, at the bow of the ship. And uh, I think I wouldn't be surprised if they take him all the way to the Super Bowl. I really wouldn't. Do. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Talking Football with Bengal Jam and Friends. Playoff edition. Divisional round this week against the Buffalo Bills. It's time to eat some buffalo meat, Tom. Uh, so, real quick, go through here. We got Austin Elmore coming in, uh, talking to us. Uh, we're gonna do a little uh, update on on the marks uh, segment. We're gonna talk some charity stuff with Tony. We're gonna talk about the tailgate this past week, which unbelievable. Uh, we'll talk about the, the game uh, this past week, and we're going to really dive into the Bills game this weekend as well. Tom, go ahead and take it from there, buddy. No, monstrous win, uh, an epic win over a hated division rival in the wild card round this past weekend. So with the, probably the most memorable single play in Bengals history. But we're going to get into that. We need help from you in the audience. Certainly NFL films and NFL historians are going to name that play seen a lot of suggestions. Uh, I'm stealing this actually from Dan Ord's Twitter, but uh, Fumble in the Jungle seems to be picking up a lot of steam and starting to be used nat- nationally. So send in your suggestions. I know before everybody starts messaging in, do not panic. James is fine. Our leader, Bengal Jim, has dispatched him to Buffalo to do some advanced scouting. 
in secure locations, which I think Jimmy's going to go over shortly for a Saturday night Bengal party takeover and uh, also working tirelessly on securing a tailgate spot for Sunday's game. So James is fine. It wouldn't shock me, uh, Jamie. I mean, you think probably he'll sneak over to Syracuse for a basketball game this week? Most likely. Most likely. Most likely. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, James is back up in his in his home element uh, taking care of business for us. So don't panic. He'll be there this weekend at the game, and he'll be back with us Tuesday night. Team player. I'm going to ask you guys, um, I don't have access to the uh, – the uh, the Betfred odds, but what what's a Sam Hubbard ninety eight yard touchdown pay on Betfred? Anyone put money down on that one? Who, I didn't. Know. Nobody, man. <laughs> <laughs> gotta gotta I don't even. Th- I doubt it's an option. I mean, I, you can you can bet the you can bet the defense to score a touchdown. I guess that'd be the closest uh, you would get. But if you could pick that as a, as an individual uh, bet line, that'd be pretty cool. Hey, so I'm, I'm going to mess with uh, James a little bit. Tony and Mark know where he's at. He's out in Arizona. He is now now professionally uh, called Baseball James. I think he's out there playing baseball with a bunch of 90-year-olds. I don't know. He might be the youngest guy out there. I don't know. He might be able to it's, hit it's against raining. these guys. They haven't even it, played baseball. It is raining. He said the fields were messy. Uh, but uh, he will absolutely be in uh, Buffalo this weekend. He'll be in Saturday. So, uh be safe, traveling, bud. Uh, we, we'll see. Uh, we'll see you Saturday. So, let's go ahead and kick this off. Real quick. What now? He's already oh, there. He already, he's already he, in he, Buffalo. He flew the helicopter there, man. He got there early. So, let's let's talk about um, on his date in Bengal history, Tom. Um, one of my all-time favorite coaches, not my head coach, not my favorite head coach, but one of my favorite coaches, January seventeenth, nineteen ninety-seven, left the city near West Virginia and came back to the Cincinnati Bengals. Who was that? Edmund Dick LeBeau, his good friend uh, Bruce Coslett enticed him to leave uh, the Chin, Pittsburgh, and uh, and come back and implement that Blitzburg defense here. Uh, sadly, it, it never really took hold. I can remember when he came, he said to properly install it would take five years. And um, it just never really took hold. He ended up going back to a little more traditional 4-3 with the linebackers that we had and, and hit some fairly good defenses, but uh, never worked. And uh, in 2000, when Bruce resigned, he took, uh, took the lead and, you know, kind of sputtered and uh, gave us Marvin Lewis, really. Yeah. One of the all time player friendly players love Dick LeBeau, man. Oh. They absolutely, no matter where he went hall of famer for the Detroit lions. I think if I'm not mistaken, this guy yeah. was, just uh, loved by every player that, that he that he coached. So, all right. Um, I tell you what, let's go ahead and hit uh, some of the cherry. Hey, hey, Tony, you okay hitting on some of the cherry? Or let's go ahead and uh, knock this one out, man. It's just an amazing, amazing year. We're still not done. Got a lot of things going on. But let's talk about the charity real quick. Yeah, so uh, this weekend uh, was phenomenal. Like you said, the tailgate was massive. Uh, we had uh, We continued our effort for our first responders. Uh, we uh, continue that donation to the tri-state uh, peer support team, which uh, they help our uh, help our first responders stay well uh, mentally and physically as they progress and do their job on a daily basis. So earned almost uh, $5,000 for them already uh, for that group. So it was awesome. And then, um, you know, we had a little special presentation, Jimmy, I think at the tailgate where uh, we, uh, we celebrated our $118,000 uh, this year. 
you know, we started out, we had a goal of uh, 75. And I do recall there was a very smart person um, that said that we were going to go over 100. And you all thought I was crazy. But um, here we are sitting at 118,000. And uh, we still got the postseason to go through. So I'm very excited to see where we hit um, the end this year. So it's awesome to Houday Nation and appreciate everybody's support and effort on that. Yeah, I just good again, job on just, that, guys. That's awesome. Yeah, to, re- to reiterate what Tony said, I mean, this has been absolutely amazing. Um, and this isn't any one person or us on a group. We're just bringing this stuff to the table for you guys, and um, just unbelievable uh, amount of participation locally, nationally, and even internationally in these charities. So, and you know, what's really been cool about some of this stuff that I mean, we talked about this before, but the not just the dollars raised, but the awareness. Because you know Tony brought that uh, you know idea of bringing the uh, first responders to the to the table uh, the last week or so, guys. I had no, I didn't. I, I guess if I would have thought about it, I would have known the stuff that they see and the stuff that they deal with day in and day out. And I, I, I mean, they need they need help. They need help to to kind of get through some of these situations, those scenarios. And that's that's the charity that was brought to the table this past week again, man. Uh, stuff and like you said, Jimmy. Uh, you know what we experienced a few weeks ago affected all of us just for that little um, event that occurred at Paul uh, or at PayCor. Imagine if you had to deal with that on a daily basis. So yeah. you know, it's amazing that they got this, uh, this support system to be able to do this. And, you know, it's our 25th charity, 25 different charities have been uh, able to receive these funds. So it's amazing. Yeah. Just unbelievable. Unbelievable. So again, thanks everybody for, for participating in that. And, uh, Bengals Nation coming together and helping out these charities is actually fun to watch, and um, it's awesome. So uh, let's go ahead and uh, let's talk about um, – and, Mark, go ahead and talk about this week, man, this past week. I know you didn't get a chance to do a video. We've had a lot of stuff going on, but talk about the tailgate. Talk about some of the stuff that went on this past week in Houday Nation. There was a lot of it. Oh, man, it was a, a great week uh, for us, for me and you. It started out Friday night at the Christian – was it Marline Lager House? Uh, they had the Bengals pep rally. Uh, it was amazing. It's just it's Joseph Severlay, uh, Gold Star was there. I mean, it was an amazing time. And then what Sunday? I think we started about 11 a.m. I started going <laughs> yeah. around the city, gathering up supplies, chili and whatnot. And man, the, the tailgate was amazing to turn out. It looked it had to be at least 3,000 people down there. Uh, Jonathan India stepped through. Uh, T.J. Hushmanzada. Uh, so I do have a video, and I, I'll release it later on social media once, but it wouldn't load. I was in the field all day for work, so I had to get a chance to load it. But yeah, what a great time. That was an amazing time. Last year, sadly, I, I was in Vegas for the playoff game when we played. So this was my first time being at the stadium for a playoff victory for the Bengals. So that was that was really cool. And just the way it ended, and it was just amazing. Yeah, all and it's amazing. Just- just to be clear, what Mark missed here is that we had this huge event Friday night. Me, Tony, Mark, we had a bunch of people there. Just amazing crowd. Uh, stayed out pretty late that night as well. Mark had a birthday party, his 40th birthday party Saturday, which was a, a surprise party that his wife threw for him. He was out till 3 a.m. Saturday night, oh, and uh, he was up ready to go early Sunday uh, Sunday because we went and picked up Gold Star, Camp Washington, went to Sam's. We went down early to set up. So, Cigar uh, Mark, shop. <laughs> Mark, yeah, Mark is literally just getting caught up on some sleep here, guys. So oh, uh, it was a great but, weekend, though. Great weekend. Yeah, stuff. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. 
Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So Tom, I'm going to go ahead and do the honors, our, our, our guest here. Uh, and I know like um, Mo Eggers and, and uh, Tony Pike and all these guys are watching right now because they learn from this guy, right? So I'll let you do the introduction, big dog. No, from uh, 700 WLW and 1530 ESPN. He does a magnificent job every day uh, with, the, with uh, 360 at 12 noon. And also, we got to figure out a way to to talk to management down there. We need him on more after Bengal games. It's not a, as if he doesn't do enough, but he's been doing a fantastic job after the primetime Bengal games, hosting Bengal sports talk after the games. And yes, he is the mentor to Tony Pike's broadcasting career and the talk <laughs> host and man that Mo Egger wants to be when he grows up. So a big welcome back to the program for Austin Elmore. Thanks for coming, Austin. Wow. Thanks for having me. That is uh, quite the introduction. It's all true. Every bit of it is true. So thank you for uh, for putting it out there. Well, uh, I doubt if Mo will, will acknowledge that. But uh, I tell you, after Sunday, you're going on. We were just talking about Mark, but you're going on next to no sleep with uh, your, your radio schedule of late. But looking at the game Sunday, uh, you're like us. You really follow this team and, and your coverage of it is fantastic everybody seems to be ignoring the game and talking about the play. So let's talk about that first. Where do you see that play lining up historically in the, in the history of our Bengals? Yeah, I've, I've been trying to rack my mind of like all the great plays, at least since I've been around of, of where it ranks. And I think with everything that was on the line, it's got to be at least in the top two or three. Uh, and, and I wasn't in the stadium 
him last night, I can only imagine just how loud it was because of the timing and the moment and the feeling of the game and how it was happening. And, you know, when it, the fact that it's a postseason play uh, and sends them to the next round, because I don't think a lot of people are talking enough about how much pressure is on the Bengals. Now that they've gone and done this for a year, like there's a lot of pressure on the Bengals to succeed and go past just winning a wild card game. The expectation, and we've heard Burrow and so many people say, it's it, the standard is winning playoff games. The standard is getting back to FC Championship games, going to Super Bowls. And so there's pressure on them in a way that maybe we're not, not used to talking about. And a play like that with so much pressure in that moment, I, I just think um, it, it sends it towards the top. I mean, when you were thinking about regular season plays, the one of the first that came to mind was Peter Warwick's punt return against Kansas City in 2003. And that game really didn't mean all that much other than the fact that Chad Johnson guaranteed a victory. Um, but, you know, for a play like that uh, in that moment and for it to be a Cincinnati kid uh, and the length of the field, uh, I mean, it's, it's top, it's the top play for, for me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I tell you, um, yeah, it's just, if you go back that situation, that time in the game, it, we got to actually, is it, is that Tony? No, that's that's <laughs> Sam Hunter on the screen. <laughs> but the uh, the time on that, right? I mean, they're whatever it was, first or second and goal from the two yard line. Uh, it was seventeen seventeen. Everybody in that stadium was like, "Oh my gosh, man, they're going to score. We got to figure out how to get our offense back on track and go down and tie the game up." At least I know that's where all of our heads were at the time. Uh, and then that play from thinking worst case scenario, and then all of a sudden, you know, flipping it uh, was just absolutely amazing. But I, got, I want to change change, change it a little bit here. I mean, I, I think where everybody's head's at right now in Hootay Nation, Austin, is obviously that offensive line, right, with uh, Jonah Williams going down. Um, you know, we're, you know, we've lost our right guard. We lost our right tackle. Uh, any updates on Jonah? Any, any, anything you can provide for us on, on Jonah at this point? Well, Zach's favorite term seems to be week to week, which is a little bit less uh, encouraging than day to day. Uh, because day to day actually, you know, gives you hope that, you know, tomorrow things could change. I would be surprised if Jonah Williams plays and, and he gave Alex Kappa the same designation. But this was the same injury that Jonah Williams had earlier in this season, actually against the Baltimore Ravens in week five. He was able to come back a little bit quicker than anticipated. And and so you, you kind of got to cross your fingers and hope that some rest and a little bit of rehab on that dislocated kneecap can get him in the, in the fold sooner rather than later. But I mean, let's not, let's not pretend like Jonah Williams was playing at an all pro level. He wasn't, he, he had been struggling the last couple of weeks. And so when, when Jackson Carmen goes in the game and a guy who had played a lot of tackle when he was in college at Clemson and, and had played no tackle in the NFL, I thought there were a couple of plays where you're like, okay, this guy has, has never played tackle in the NFL. And there was a few times where I was really impressed with what Jackson Carmen was able to do. So I, I don't want to sit here and say that, you know, Jonah Williams going down could be a blessing in dis disguise. I think uh, a lot of people would be surprised if, if Jackson Carmen comes out and plays really, really well. Uh, but at the same time, you know, it, it, it could be beneficial to the Bengals to, to maybe, you know, switch some things up and see what they can get out of this kid that they thought so highly enough to, to draft in the second round. And it just goes into what's been happening all year with these guys. Somebody's gone down, somebody's stepped up. Somebody's gone down. Somebody yeah. stepped up. Next, Seems like <clears throat> next man up. Yeah, next man. I so what? I mean, what? I mean, obviously that that is a concern. Um, 
if if Jackson plays there or is like you know Prince whoever it's going to be at the end of the day. But um, let's let's talk about what do the Bengals need to do uh, offensively right now uh, to uh, to help themselves win this game this week with that offensive line uh, being a little a little questionable. Yeah, I mean, I put out a Twitter poll earlier today, and I asked, is is the Bengals' offensive line as presently constructed better or worse than the one that took them to the Super Bowl last year? And, and people overwhelmingly said that they're better. And you have to think, this is – and Zach Taylor and, and Brian Callahan and Dan Pitcher, they deserve a lot of the credit because they were able to turn the terrible offensive line last year into an offense that they were able to scheme around that got them to the Super Bowl. And yes, Joe Burrow plays a huge part in that. And I think Joe Burrow is better in the pocket than he was a year ago. I think he's uh, gotten better at throwing the ball away, gotten better at avoiding sacks. And, and he put his hand up last year and said, you know, a lot of these sacks are on me too. And so for me, it is kind of get back to what you did last year, which is be able to get the ball out quick, which the Bengals have done a great job of that so far this year. Maybe, you know, put those linebackers uh, in, in in a position in which they have to choose one or the other. I would expect to see some more RPOs that, that defensive line a better chance to win at the line of scrimmage. And it can kind of negate that pass rush a little bit. So uh, on top of all of that, though, they have to figure out their run game. I mean, they have to figure out a way to run the ball more effectively, especially going up against the Bills where, you know, everybody talks about Josh Allen and their offense. you got to be able to keep them off the field a little bit and sustain some drives where he doesn't have a bunch of chances. And, you know, we think back to that Monday night game, they settled for three, but they moved the ball really easily down the field in the Bengals in their first opening drive. And if they're going to do that, then the Bengals have to find a way a little more effectively. <laughs> Don't put all the pressure on your offensive line to protect Joe Burrow and keep Josh Allen on. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Hey, I'll start, um, I have a question real quick. Do you think there's any chance they would move Hakeem to the left side and maybe Jackson, or do you think they'll keep Jackson Carmen on the left? And I think they should do that, but what do you, what are your thoughts? I was thinking about that the other day. I don't know if that's a, a crazy idea because I, I think Hakeem did play a little bit of left tackle when he first came up his rookie year. So you think about that and Isaiah Prince, they have not called him up from the practice squad. And, and you know, there was a couple of weeks ago where we thought, uh, okay, uh, uh, Isaiah Prince is going to be the starting right tackle. So with the amount of uh, reps that Prince has at the right <coughs> tackle position started in the Super Bowl at that, I won't think it's completely out of the realm of possibility that they would do something like that, especially considering the fact that Kiva Dinesi has played pretty well uh, since he's come up. You, you, the whole question going into this week was about the right side of the offensive line. Well, all of a sudden, it's because it, the, the narrative turns to the left side because Cordell Volson was struggling and Jonah Wilson was struggling. The right side wasn't. So I, I wonder if because of what they've seen from Hakeem Adeniji, that's it's a lot to ask to flip sides. But I, I, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. That's something I brought up earlier this week as well. Is when you're trying to figure out something to work, I think that's definitely a possibility. Tony, you uh, Tony, you have a question. Tony, yeah, uh, going back to your question a one ago about the. Uh, the running situation, uh, looking at P Ryan and Mixon and, and Evan, there's always a debate, you know, we need to get those guys in there more. What's your opinion on trying to get that their more playing time in there? Yeah, I, I think a couple of weeks ago when P Ryan was really playing <coughs> well, I thought to myself, okay, this needs to be you know, kind of to, 
to the point where it was when Joe Mixon was first getting to the NFL, where it needs to be a like a 50-50 split. Remember when it was him and Giovanni Bernard going basically series by series at one point? I, I thought earlier in the season that's how it needs to be with him and Samaj P. Ryan. And I think now that because the offensive line is in flux, you're going to see more Samaj P. Ryan. He just provides more – uh, from a pass protection standpoint. And uh, I thought we saw flashes of Joe Mixon on, on Sunday night where he was able to get, you know, four or five yards and fall ahead for the extra. And, and that's a huge, huge part of, of moving the chains on the ground. So for me, I, I still would put it at about a 50-50 split. I think you're going to see it probably 60-75-25 Mixon because of the fact that, um, you know, they have to figure out a way to the ball. But uh, with the offensive line, and you never know what type of game you're going to get into, I think Pixon, uh, uh, P. Ryan's ability – well, I just mixed them. P. Ryan's ability to, uh, to be a pass blocker is going to be big for his playing time. Yeah, good point. I, I guess uh, – yeah. Um, not, you know what? Go ahead. I know uh, uh, Jamie, Jamie had ahead, a question. Jamie. Oh, it's not a big deal. No, I'm so for those who watched the Dallas game last night, we saw uh, – a record being set three missed field goals three extra points missed four extra points missed obviously Evan missed a, a kick in the, the first score of the game last week any any concerns you're hearing about this like I know there's a couple misses leading up to the playoffs um yeah what are you what are you thinking about this I'm concerned? not hearing people seem to be concerned about it but I yeah. am definitely concerned about it just because the yeah. fact that like it you're not when he was running onto the field last year, you're like, okay, three points. Like, all right, good to go. Uh, and I think with, yeah, exactly. And he just hasn't quite been that. And it's, it's fair because it's, you know, the NFL is hard and the second time around and it's hard to match what he did last season. Um, but, you know, with, with Drew Crispin coming in, I thought that that was going to be a big adjustment. Obviously Cal Adamitis is the long snapper. So that whole unit is new. Uh, I think they've done pretty well, but, you know, Evan's just been a smidge off. I don't know, you know, really what to point that at, but I don't feel overwhelmingly concerned, but it is to the point yeah. now where he comes on the field, I'm going to be a little bit nervous, which I was not at all last year. That's fair. Jimmy, go ahead. Uh, so so uh, thanks, everybody, for viewing. Uh, Austin, thanks for your time here tonight. Uh, as you're watching, guys, just make sure you're typing in any questions that you have for Austin. We're gonna, uh, Jamie's going to throw some questions out to Austin to hear from you guys here in a little bit as well. But uh, Austin, at the tailgate uh, Sunday uh, night uh, pregame, uh, we were getting updates to the crowd, uh, you know, of the scores and the updates. Guys, we were we were this close not going to Buffalo. Uh, so, I mean, talk mm-hmm. about your thoughts on that game because, I mean, as we didn't play our best game uh, Sunday night, and I think. Buffalo is beatable, but talk about that. Miami almost beat them and probably should have beat them. Yeah, I said on the air going into the game that the the teams that I would fear from a Bengals standpoint the most would be Baltimore and the Chargers. And here we are. Both of those teams are gone because I, I think they match up really well with Buffalo. I think they match up really well with Kansas City. Jacksonville kind of has a little bit of last year's Bengals in them, so it's interesting to see how they'll play. But – yeah, Buffalo, I think the best way to describe them right now is they're just out of sync. Like, they're getting by on having the talent that they have, and they have it all over the field, certainly on defense, and, and we know what Josh Allen can be. Um, so I, I think they're just a little bit out of sync, and I think that's going to be what's interesting about this game 
coming into it is we've known Luana Rumo now to, to take away whatever the opposing team does best. And so I think you'll see a game plan really similar to what you see championship game last year, where you're dropping a bunch of people, keeping Josh Allen in front of him, letting him sit back in the pocket because he loves to take chances. So I think Luana Rumo is going to try to bait him into doing that. And on, on top of him, you know, loving to take chances, he turns the ball over. He's turned the ball over a lot. In recent weeks, he had three fumbles on Sunday against Miami. Now, they only lost one of them. That's that's huge. But he also threw a couple of interceptions. He's throwing interceptions in the red zone, which is very much unlike him. And uh, I tweeted a video a couple of weeks ago, I think, before the Monday night game of, of Kurt Warner kind of breaking down Josh Allen's play. And he was saying, you know, he can get away with a lot of stuff that guys – uh, across the NFL can't because of his arm talent, but it also puts him in a lot of those positions where he has to be perfect. His receiver has to be perfect. The defense has to be just out of position. So I think if the Bengals play fundamentally and can kind of get him thinking that, you know, I can make this throw or I can make this, this play in this situation, you might be able to, to get him to make a mistake. And, and as we know, stuff like that with the defense can totally change the, uh, the outcome of the game. So they're just out of sync. They don't run the ball great, uh, to be honest. They're, they're very much, very similar to the Bengals in that sense. And I think, you know, that would be a point of emphasis for them this week is to be able to run the ball for the same reasons I talked about the Bengals needed to run the ball. They don't want Joe Burrow on the field. As much as around this city, we sit here and we think, okay, well, Josh Allen's coming and Josh Allen's really good and they got this. Well, in Buffalo, they're saying the same thing. Joe Burrow is coming and Joe Burrow has Jamar Chase and T Higgins and they walked down the field on us twice in, in, in Monday night football. So uh, I think it's a, a very, very similar matchup between these two teams. Interesting. Interesting. Tom, go ahead. Yeah. Austin on that, a little bit of that theme. Uh, the other thing Buffalo did last weekend that the Bengals have a tendency to do is they let Josh Allen have a lot of heat on him. Uh, mm-hmm. He was hit a lot. He was chased a lot. He was sacked a lot. Do you think our front four, if if we do indeed sit back a little bit, we're not blitzing him much. Do you think our front four can harass him and do some of those mistakes you were just talking about? I don't have a lot of reason to believe they can because they really haven't for the most part of this year. I mean, Trey Hendrickson's production is down and he's playing with a broken wrist right now. Uh, you haven't gotten the same amount of pressure up the middle from DJ Reader and BJ Hill as you'd wanted in the past. So they've been terrific in the run game. Uh, but but they that's where they miss Larry Ogunjobi a lot is being able to rush the passer from that defensive tackle position, and Sam Hubbard is, has just been kind of a solid guy all year long. What really concerned me on Sunday night was the lack of production from Trey Hendrickson, and again knowing he's playing with a broken wrist, but hit you know Chris Collinsworth talked about this a lot on the broadcast is he's almost taking himself out of every play. And because of that, Baltimore just kept running the ball at Trey Hendrickson and to the point where the Bengals took him out, put Cam Sample in there. Hendrickson only played 30 snaps on Sunday night. And we saw a little bit of that previously before in the Baltimore game where he was only in on pass rush situations. So that's going to be critical because we we see him get close. We see him hurry the quarterback, but he hasn't been finishing at the the rate that he was last year. So it's going to be – to me, fully on Trey Hendrickson to be able to create some pressure. And the other thing that I find interesting, we saw it just once on Sunday night, is Mike Hilton out of that slot. Is Lou Anarumo going to get creative and maybe have guys sitting back all game, and then when he's least expecting it, Mike Hilton comes from the slot and tries to make a play on Josh Allen. 
uh, I think is an interesting wrinkle that, that Anna Rumo has to think about. But honestly, I've been disappointed through the, the course of the season about how little the front four has been able to get home when it's just them. Um, so that, that's going to be something to watch on Sunday. Interesting. Maybe the key to the game. Could be. Jamie, we have anything for viewers? Yeah, we got some viewer questions here. So let's start with this one uh, from Brian. Do you see a situation where Perina and Mixon are on the field at the same time, potentially using Perina in a, in a fullback role? Uh, I don't because that's almost something you never see from the Bengals offense. Um, I, I think it could happen in a situation where they're kind of flanking, you know, Burrow on, on each side and, and that would be more of a pass protection thing. I think we've seen a lot uh, where they bring Hayden Hurst in uh, behind the offensive line as, as an extra blocker, or put P Ryan up there. You know, I think Mixon has done a good job in the receiving game this year. And so maybe you'll see a situation like that where you have P Ryan, back there to pass protect mixing out there to run a route and something that the defense has to to think about on both ends i think that certainly is a possibility but i don't see p ryan being that fullback role that's just not part of the bengals offense now all this talk about the bengals o-line and obviously the injuries phil's wondering is the bills o-line that much better than the bengals <laughs> well shout out to phil that's my dad thank you for watching oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I didn't even I put two say, and two together there. So my, <laughs> uh, I'm not a very good producer. <laughs> they're they're about the same, I, I would imagine. I, I think they're probably a little bit better. I mean, you, you talked to Tom brought up the point about they allow Josh Allen to get hit a lot, and a lot of that is on Josh Allen, but also it's because you know there's pressure in his face, and so I don't know how much better it is that part does give me confidence when you talk about being able to get get home with four uh that maybe the Bengals could do that but uh I, I don't know that it's significantly better or significantly worse than the Bengals offensive line thanks for the question yeah, we, dad yeah actually actually try to get your dad on and you were like b you were like plan b for us so you know <laughs> yeah and, and, we, and we we do have enough viewer questions too we didn't ask his dad yeah. to be filler here well, we, we can, we, can we all agree for the record that his dad is better than tony and mo as well mm. <laughs> wow I, I can't i can't comment right. on that one before we start a fight here um ty's wondering who do you put who do you put the cover oh. stefan Diggs? Yeah, I'm still or, thinking or, about or this. Better yet, what, or better yet, what two players do you put on cover? <laughs> yeah, this is the part that makes me a little bit nervous because, I mean, we saw Baltimore all game last last night or uh, last week kind of running those slants, setting up the sluggo route, and finally they, they got Eli Apple to bite on it, and it, it turned on a 41-yard touchdown right when they really, really needed it. Um Eli Apple is just very much like this, right? He's up and down over the course of his career with the Bengals. Uh, he was a little bit dinged up this week. I, I would imagine it's going to be Eli Apple that draws him most of the time. Uh, but the thing that's difficult with Buffalo is that it's it's beyond just Eli Apple. It's also Gabe Davis uh, and Dawson Knox. And the Bengals have, have struggled defending tight ends at times this year as well. Um, so I, I think... I think you're going to see a lot of, of trying to box in Dawson Knox with a guy like Von Bell. And I think it's going to be a lot of road coverage with Jesse Bates to wherever Stefan Diggs is at. And that's going to create a situation where Cam Taylor Britt has to win uh, in one-on-ones with, with Gabe Davis. So 
Uh, it'll be like, like you said, two players on Stefan Diggs all the time. I would imagine it'll be a lot of Jesse Bates and Eli Apple. All right. Um, I see another one just got flagged here. Josh is wondering what are the strengths and weaknesses of Buffalo's defense? Well, they certainly, they are certainly not the, the, the pass rushing team that they were at the beginning of the year. They lose Bond Miller to an injury. He's out and they've kind of struggled uh, in the same way that the Bengals have it being able to get home as frequently as, as their fans think that they should, or maybe their talent level would suggest that they should. And the other thing is, you know, they have some, some big names on, on the back end of their defense, but they've, they've struggled. They've given up some big plays on offense. I mean, you talk about that Miami game, Skylar Thompson, a third string quarterback, he only completes 18 passes, but he's able to make some big plays and find holes in that Buffalo secondary. So, uh, I think a lack of consistent linebacker play has created some situations where the, the middle of the field is open. And so that's where I would imagine the Bengals will try to take advantage of it. And, you know, Buffalo is probably going to play the Bengals the same way they, that everybody else seems to, which is with two high, high safeties and force Joe Burrow to make some throws. And let's be honest, Joe Burrow the last two weeks has not been MVP level Joe Burrow. Uh, I don't get the feeling that that's going to continue much longer just because, you know, the, the type of player that he is. And so they're going to, they're going to challenge Burrow to make those throws and it's going to be up to him to be able to, to fit it in those windows. And with the Bills defense, there's been some bigger windows uh, than, than most defenses. The, the best defense the Bengals are going to face this entire playoff run was Baltimore, unless they play San Francisco in the San Super Bowl. Francisco. So there's going to be spicy. some opportunities um for for the Bengals offense and I know everybody's dreading that god not San Francisco yeah. again and that's what I'm thinking too that's like I think I think Brock Purdy's gonna have his rookie game soon along the way so um <laughs> do you have I obviously want to be respectful of your time do you have time for a couple more yeah absolutely okay perfect um Jeff would like to know what did you think about Lou's defensive adjustment with Carter on the end to slow down Dobbins yeah, Zach Carter had his best game as a pro uh, against the Baltimore Ravens on Sunday night. And you know, this was a guy who I think I tweeted out at one point in one of the first games. I was like, Zach Carter does not need to be on the field. Like, he is struggling. He's playing like a rookie. And he's kind of come into his own. He's adjusted to the speed of the NFL. And he was able to, to move down in, in that position and kind of set the edge and allow the linebackers to flow into those gaps and cut off the cutback lane for J.K. Dobbins. And the Bengals still got beat on some rush plays there, but Zach Carter being able to get penetration is big. I just talked about how, you know, B.J. Hill and, and D.J. Reader have struggled to get, get you know, uh, home in the pass game. If Zach Carter is able to get some penetration like that at that defensive tackle position when D.J. Reader is out in more of the pass rush situations, uh, then that could be really beneficial to the Bengals. I was impressed with Zach Carter. And also, what's, I, I, I didn't read the article. I think there was some sort of article today. I, I don't know if it was Facebook, Twitter, that the NFL supposedly approached the Bills organization and the Kansas City Chiefs uh, about the <laughs> AFC Championship. So do you have any other detail on that, or was that just kind of something I that was in, misinformation? misinformation? Yeah, no. Uh, Alana Gannonsberg, I think I said her name right, covers the Bills for ESPN. And she said that the NFL told the Bills and the Chiefs to – uh, begin selling AFC championship game tickets for a neutral site. Now, I don't think this yes. is necessarily out of the ordinary, but it is funny to think about it with everything considered, and it kind of just feels like that's the matchup everybody wants. 
Um, but basically they, they said that at 10 a.m. tomorrow, those Bills and Chiefs season ticket holders that opted in for AFC championship game tickets will have the chance to buy them. They would go on sale uh, for the Atlanta AFC championship game at 10 a.m. tomorrow. Um, so I, I make of that what you will. Maybe that's just being proactive uh, in, in getting that situation set up. But uh, it's also kind of – I liked it because I was like, okay, great. Here's something that the Bengals can, can use and say, all right, you know, here they go again. Uh, so I, I loved it personally because I know the, you know the guys in that locker room are going to say exactly that. Like, okay, here we go again. But but I, I, everyone's but everyone's losing their mind about this. But you you can go on right now and buy tickets if it's Bengals yeah, Jaguars, I, right? So I think we, it's just, we talked this about is a it, normal thing. We talked about it on the air today too. I think the neutral site tickets are almost double or triple what they would be uh, in yeah, Kansas right. City. So, and, and I saw, I, I heard somebody, Mo, I think, said it today. He's like, eventually, we might have a situation in the NFL where AFC and NFC championship games are neutral sites. Like, they go to different cities or they go to the same city, almost like you see college football playoff, right? Where one game's in Atlanta, the other game's in Arizona, and they finish out in Los Angeles. Something along that, I think, wouldn't totally be out of the realm of, of possibility sometime down the future. I, I hadn't thought about that till Mo said it today, but I could totally see the NFL. Yeah, we, we don't we don't reference well, Mo's comments on this show. Sorry, <laughs> I'm I'm sure the I'm sure the NFL's like, all my idea. See, likes like seeing those expensive ticket prices. That's for sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll end with I'll end with I'll end with one more viewer question here. Sure, sure. Um, Joe would like to know, uh, Austin, who your favorite player Ooh. is. This could be Man. current, historical, whatever. What's your who's your favorite Bengals player? If you had to for, buy for, one jersey. For many years, it was Giovanni Bernard, just because I just loved the type of dude that he was. And I thought he should have got the ball about a billion times more than he did when he was in Cincinnati. Um, but for me, it, it's it's kind of a, a two-way tie between Sam Hubbard and Joe Burrow, just because they are Ohio kids, just like me. They grew up being Ohio State fans, just like me. Uh, and they were able to complete the dream of, of going to Ohio State and then playing for the Bengals, like unlike I was able to do. So uh, there's a lot of living vicariously through them when it comes to Joe Burrow and uh, and Sam Hubbard. So for me, it's those two easily. Yeah, I, but there is nothing more that would piss off Roger Goodell. Bengals winning this week, uh, <laughs> throwing a wrench into his damn plans, his sinister plans, and us beating Kansas City Chiefs or ever, whoever the hell they – I would just love to see that uh, at the end of the day. So it would um, be pretty awesome. funny. I read right before I came on with you guys that most of the sports books are going to be pulling for Jacksonville because they have so many bills and chiefs related uh, teasers and parlays and stuff like that. So the sports books at least are going to be pulling for the Bengals and the Jags this weekend. That would, that would be, that would be awesome. So yeah. if that were to happen, let's think hypothetically, if that were to happen, uh, Bengals win, Jacksonville wins. AFC Championship game right here at Paycor Stadium. That's right. You got it. That'd be cool. Let's make that shit happen. Let's go. We need, we need one more home tailgate. Let's go. <laughs> it's written in the sun. Uh, right, I guess we'll be weeping on Park Avenue. If that happens. <laughs> all right. Let's, uh, let's, let's end with this, man. Uh, probably the most important question of the night. Uh, 
Austin, that can candle on back here. Is that a vanilla scented candle? What is that? <laughs> I was oh, about man. to I was gonna ask uh, you that. Let's see here. I was gonna ask if it was essential that oils is, or candles. Let's that go. is a pumpkin nutmeg pie right there. Oh <laughs> what the hey, hell? Dude, I'm breathing right now. <laughs> Every show we look for a sound bite, and that's it. That's gonna go viral. Pumpkin Austin, nutmeg pie. Right there. Oh, <laughs> Mo is gonna kill you with that. Sounds like a Christmas present. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. Which yeah. sorry, what'd you say dead, that what so. what was the scent? Pumpkin nutmeg pie. <laughs> what the hell? Is that like all the leftover stuff of the candle shop that just sweep it together and make a Pretty candle? Much. Like who yeah. the hell would it's even mix that? One that smells the best, so that's what I grab. <laughs> oh, this hey, is Austin, gonna be listen, thank you so much. I know you've had like I think sixteen minutes of sleep since saturday <laughs> producing hosting your own show hosting specials and, and and helping everybody else so it really means a lot for you to come on you've been a great friend of the show and we hope we can uh, ask you certainly to come on again very soon several times in the next year i look forward to it i appreciate you guys having me on thank you thanks right, Austin. we appreciate, awesome. appreciate your time man. thanks Austin. Who day? hey you're, you're he's, sitting he's there fun. saying you're sitting there saying he's only had 16 minutes of sleep, and Mark's like, 16? I'll take 16 minutes. <laughs> triple. Oh, uh, man, I, I tell you what. So let, let's just, let's talk about uh, this weekend, guys. So uh, I know I'm heading up Friday. I know Tony, uh, you're heading up. When are you heading up? Saturday morning, maybe? Saturday morning. Okay. Tony's heading up Saturday morning. There is a, there's a boatload of folks going up, guys. It's an amazing amount of Bengal fans. You know, the NFL narrative is that, uh, you know, Bill's Mafia, right? They they jump jump on tables and stuff like that, and they travel well. It is, it is. I'm telling you, there's no difference between our, our passionate fan base and their passionate fan base. Because uh, I'm telling you right now, uh, just to give you an idea, uh, the the um, we have an event going on Saturday night. It sold out in about three hours today. Uh, and now I'm getting – I'm literally – getting swamped with text DMs and everything about wanting to get into this event. Um, so I think I have it here. So we're doing an event in conjunction with Bengal Bids uh, Saturday night uh, at uh, Resurgence Brewing Company. Uh, we have the entire event center there. 450 tickets were pre-sold uh, in about three hours. And it looks like we could have more than doubled that uh, with the amount of people that are asking for tickets right now. So Keep an eye on it. We, we do have a post that we'll be doing here probably this evening telling everybody that it's been sold out. There's something else that you can do to tie into this event uh, that night uh, that you're going to want to hear. So we'll get that out to you. Um, and, and I know we're getting a, a ton of folks asking about uh, the tailgate Sunday. Uh, we are not taking the Bengal bus. We're not going to take our, our stuff up with Kick from Cincinnati Mu Music Accelerator. Uh, the tra Bengal trailer, who we partner with all the time when we go out of town, they're planning on going up. Uh, so we'll we'll be hanging and spending time with the Bengal Trailer, bringing Bengal fans together with one one tailgate there. Stay tuned, more to come on that. I've been talking to Greg and Rick uh, here pretty much the last couple of days uh, about what's going on up there. Uh, I hope the weather there is the weather has changed for Sunday. Now they're talking. There's an 80 percent chance of snow. They're talking between an inch or two uh, Sunday. Um, not sure if it gets worse there uh, at all, but I'll let you know if something changes on that. We'll give you some updates probably tomorrow on what the tailgate's going to be. Uh, if any, but uh, the event Saturday night, uh, be on the lookout for a post because we will be posting something. If you weren't able to get a ticket to the main part of that event, uh, there's something else we're going to be doing that you're going to want to be part of uh, that same time at, at that night as well. Uh, I do want to revisit the tailgate, guys. Um, I got a, a call today. They estimated 
um, what was it last year, Tony? We estimated about 3,000 people at that Raiders tailgate uh, that we had. Yeah. Um, guys, I just got a call today. They estimated almost 4,000. This isn't me making up a damn number out of the air. Almost approximately 4,000 people at this tailgate. Mark will be Mark will be posting some pictures and videos. If you haven't seen some of them already, Mark was up on the tower. He was taking some videos and pictures on his On the Mark segment. He'll probably be posting some of those things. Guys, I just want to first of all say thank you for everybody being respectful to each other. Uh, it is it, it gives me joy to look out in that crowd. Tom was there uh, in the VIP area with us as well to look out amongst that crowd and just endless amount of orange and black people smiling, having fun, dancing. Uh, having fun with each other. It is, it is, it was an electric atmosphere at the tailgate and we carried it right into the stadium and it was unbelievable. We had TJ Hushmanzada come by and he walks in the gate because we had our 10 by 20 canopy and some other air roped off. And he comes in and he goes, Jim, he goes, what the hell? He goes, I've been told about this, but I had no idea. I've never seen anything like this. And uh, we put TJ on the stage. He wanted DJ Trub to play. What was the song, Tony? Mark? In the air, Phil Collins song. Um, he, um, I learned something new that night. He literally, that was the song that he listened to pregame every single game that he played in the NFL was Phil Collins in the air tonight. So we played yeah, nothing that. Nothing beats that. Boom, 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 boom. Can, can you imagine TJ in the locker room doing that before every game? <laughs> that's that's our next season. That's our entry, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> But, but to, to, to see TJ's face, look out on that crowd, and he said, well, I, I can't remember exactly his comment. He goes, um, it was never like this for them. It was, it was never like this for us. This is amazing. He was thinking. He was truly amazed. And we were getting ready to do the Who Day chant. He goes, please, Tony, Jim, stop. I want to get this on my Instagram account, man. So he got his phone ready, and he videoed that. Everybody had their phones lit up and, and the whole nine yards. But he genuinely had a great time in, in addressing the crowd and, and had f- a, a, just a ton of fun there. Jonathan India, the rookie of the year uh, last year for the Cincinnati Reds, shows up yet again uh, from a year to date, that date when he was at that Raiders game. Uh, his agent called me early that morning when I was in the parking lot with Mark and uh, setting up, and uh, he wanted to come down again. Sure enough, Jonathan India came down and addressed the crowd. We had Miss Ohio. Uh, who am I missing here? We've had some – oh, yeah, we had Harrison, the comedian – um Angelo Dawkins, right? Angelo Dawkins, the, the wrestler who I went and saw last night uh wrestle. Uh that dude is crazy athletic. Uh but uh man, it was just fun uh to see everybody and, and I know I'm being repetitive, but I have to say thank you to certain people here. Um I ha- we have to not to interrupt you, but on that, and you and I have, have talked about this because we, we've been down there so long. There is nothing nothing in this city that can bring everybody together like that, have us all going in the same direction with the same amount of optimism and energy than when the Cincinnati Bengals are winning. And this is not, you know, a fluke. I mean, injuries can happen. Certain things can happen, but they're set up for a football generation of this every week, every game. And, and, you know, this, we, we had flashes of it in the eighties. There's, been certain elements that uh, like to be pessimistic. Maybe they have an agenda, whatever. Uh, I think we've moved above and beyond them. And, you know, it is, is so special that everybody can come together like this. And, and you know, certainly when we're partial to our tailgate and how special it is, 
it happens all around the stadium and then it's carried into the stadium and the That's players right. feel it and appreciate it. But you know, how special and unique there is nothing in this city that can bring it together. Like the Cincinnati Bengals winning and not just winning, but winning with the class group of players that they have and head coach. Yep. And Tom, I, I agree, man. I, I, I think you have been talking about that for a long time. We've been through and seen all this stuff, man. And I, I agree with you, but, you know, just a quick thank you again to – that was likely our last home tailgate. I think if there's an outside chance we get that we, – we, we get that dub and Jacksonville actually beats Kansas City, we're coming back, we're doing it again. But if that was our last tailgate, I want to thank everybody personally. And, it, look, James is the one to put my damn name on this tailgate. If anybody knows me individually, I'm not an egotistical, arrogant individual. It's not something I wanted to do. They kind of pushed me. Him and Craig, marketing minds, wanted to do that. But I would like to thank uh, Tony and Carrie. Uh, man, for all the stuff that they've done uh, throughout the year, uh, not just helping at the tailgate, but facilitating the uh, the charities. Uh, Mark, Mark, my gosh, man, this dude right here has been a lifesaver. I don't think too many people understand how much work goes into this thing. Mark knows because Mark's down there early with me setting up hours and hours and hours in advance. We were down there by noon for for an 8-15 game, and Mark was working his butt off. Um, uh, James, oh, no, obviously. <laughs> yeah, yeah, James. Uh, I want to thank James. I want to thank uh, Craig uh, from Beer Fest, uh, Dell from 16 Lots. I think he went through approximately 20 half barrels of beer, um, you know, Sunday night. Uh, all the, all, I can't even sit here and name all the food vendors, the local restaurants that participating in helping us feed our massive crowds this year. I want to thank every one of them and just a general thank you uh, across the board. Uh, Jungle Joe and Luke uh, for manning the grills uh, for the dogs, uh, the hot dogs and stuff like that. Our, spo- our annual sponsors, Gold Star Chili, Camp Washington Chili. Uh, they've been there for us every year, game in and game out. And these volunteers, we're going to do something special for you in the offseason, Craig and James and I and, and Tony and everybody have been talking about this. We have 32 volunteers uh, for this game, pouring beers, different hours, different shift, pouring Bengal bombs, helping set up. And the absolute class of you, uh, the Bengal fans that actually uh, participated at the tailgate, uh, the garbage that was collected and put aside and not just thrown all over the damn parking lot, a very vast majority of you guys have done a great job making sure that lot is as clean as possible before the county comes and tries to to clean up. But these volunteers were absolutely awesome, and we're going to be doing something special for you guys in the offseason. We're working on some things for you right now, but... I want to say thank you. I know it was long-winded, guys, but I just want to say thanks, everybody, for making it such a special, special 30th anniversary tailgate uh, this year, man. It's just unbelievable. That platform has done so much good for the city, for these charities, uh, and, and everything that 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 is being done. So we appreciate you guys. And I think we have a new one here, a new 10-minute warning, Tom. You haven't heard this one yet. Here we go. It's the two-minute warnings. Yeah. Harrison, the comedian. Instead of it's a beautiful Sunday, it's the two-minute warning. Let's go ahead and uh, go around the room here. Let's start with uh, Tony. Yeah, so uh, to kind of echo what uh, Jimmy was saying, appreciate everyone's help with uh, this year's tailgates, uh, the fans, the charity that we've been able to do, the, the amazing amount of money that we've been able to help with. Um, with the game, uh, it, was a, it was a hell of a win. The, it was exciting. The atmosphere in there was electric and explosive. And I'm looking forward to seeing all the two-day nation up in Buffalo. Uh, rain, snow, sleet, whatever it may be, we'll be there to root for them. We believed it was us, and now they got to play us. Who day? Mark? Mark? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It was a 
great season of tailgating. And, uh, you know, this past Sunday, I think I spoke to three or four different people. They were just like, man, I love coming down here. This is the best time. Everyone just gets along. And, you know, for a lot of years, tailgating was fun because, you know, let's be honest, the product on the field wasn't the best. So one of the best parts about tailgating is that it, it makes the game less hurtful if they lose. But I just have to say I've waited my whole life for this. I think I saw one playoff win prior, and now I've seen – you know, four within the two years. So it's just amazing to think how things have turned around. I want to thank the organization and just uh, cheer the boys on come Sunday. Tom? A couple of things Well, before we look forward to Buffalo. I've heard a lot of discussion, a lot of it actually from the uh, from the East Coast about how lucky we got with the, the, the fumble in the jungle and the 98-yard return. To be clear, on that play, that's Logan Wilson and Sam Hubbard making a play. Just like a couple weeks earlier, as New England was driving, Von Bell going in and forcing a fumble. That's Von Bell and the Bengals' defense forcing a play. Last year in the AFC Championship, Jesse Bates and Von Bell making a great defensive play. There's no, no flukes there. Those are great players for the Bengals making great big plays. So the Bengals went out and earned that win uh, Sunday night. No fluke, no anything else. They just they just beat the Ratbirds. And, uh, you know, uh, I'm sure the Ratbirds will think about it a little bit in the offseason and good for them. They, they need something to do other than buy a U-Haul for Lamar Jackson. But uh, in looking forward, I, I think that uh, we're in a position that even with the offensive line and the coaches we have, we can be confident enough that if – the Bills play their best game Sunday, and the Bengals play their best game with the quarterback we have. I think it's going to be a heck of a game, but I think uh, the guys will come back with a victory. So, uh, you know, again, thank you for all your support, uh, whether it be at Jimmy's tailgate or on here all year, and we'll look to see you Tuesday night with a win. Let's uh, throw it over to Jamie. I'm going to do my best boomer aside, folks. All right, there we go. We're getting better at this. Too bad we're almost at the end of the season. The yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah, I'm, look, I, I watched the, the game up here with a couple friends, and they were shocked that it was as close as it was. And I tried to explain them. This is AFC North football. This, we knew this was going to be a, a battle. It's his third time playing this team this season. And uh, I'm so thankful for that 98 98 yard touchdown that was great to watch i have to say i do feel bad for whitworth though after a week of telling people he doesn't play on the right side <laughs> an opening comes up on the left hand side and his twitter goes crazy again so uh glad he came on the show and cleared that up that he's he's not coming back but i i do feel bad watching on twitter everyone tagging him now that there's an, an opening on the left um i'm looking forward to buffalo i'm looking forward to coming down and seeing you guys it's a short drive for me I'm hoping to come down Saturday night, but I'm definitely at the game section 121 on Sunday. And I'm going to do the same prediction I did before uh, we played the Bills last time. Two interceptions uh, for our defense. Josh Allen's going to have uh, not going to have a good game. Bengals win. Ah, I'll take it all day. Take it all day. Um, again, I can't wait to hang with Jamie, have some beers with Jamie. Last time I got to do that was in New York. Uh, we're the yeah. Jets games, so we'll get we hopefully, uh, Jamie can get up there Saturday. If not, we'll see him at the game. Um, Tony, what section are you sitting in again? I know we're close, but I'm 121. 121, are you okay. 121 as well. Cool, I am. Okay. 
and say, "Where? What row? Maybe you guys are sitting next to each other. Come on." I, I think I'm a little higher up. I think I think I'm row twenty-eight. I'm row three. Okay. Okay. Uh, we got another group of us in one uh, seventeen uh, lower in the bowl there. But uh, if you have not got tickets and you're looking to go up there, uh, go to any of these secondary ticket markets that don't charge fees. Uh, tick pick you. There's a bunch of them out that don't charge fees. Use them. Um, there's some. The prices actually went down the last couple of days. Tony, is that what you saw as well? Yeah, and actually today I noticed that the NFL Exchange uh, ticket on Ticketmaster. They released a shitload of extra tickets. There's a lot more tickets available than there was a few days ago. Yeah, I just Guys. got a message from James. He's leaving uh, the Syracuse <laughs> University bookstore, but uh, he's he's confirming too while he's up there scouting out everything that ticket prices are going down and are actually, uh, as I read also online today, expected to do so all week. Yeah, I, I do know we. I'm sorry, I do know we have some Canadian fans that watch the show. If there happens to be somebody from Canada, who is going to the game. My section, I got $400, uh, section 121. They're going on for like 590 or I think online on the resale market. That's 400 Canadian, guys. That's that's a great deal. Okay, 400 Canadian. And uh, I've got a couple left in that section I can hook somebody up with if they're looking for tickets. That's awesome. Um, so again, from from the Cincinnati, it's about a seven-ish hour drive, seven, around seven-hour drive uh, up there. Uh, so this could be something you could do uh, game day early if you wanted to. But uh, we'll see you guys this weekend. If it's not Saturday, we'll see you Sunday at some point. Guys, back-to-back playoffs for the first time uh, in Bengal history. Joe Burrow at the helm, and this is his fourth straight playoff victory. Uh, guys, uh, what gives me hope about this team with the offensive line and a little bit of a potential having issues there, Joe Burrow is at quarterback, and I do agree with Austin. Even with the injuries we have and the guys filling in, this offensive line is better than what we had last year, and we made it to the Super Bowl, guys. But I think it's going to be a hell of a game, man. So we will see you guys Sunday. Hootay, have fun no matter where you're watching a game at, whether you're in Buffalo or at home or at a bar or wherever you're at. Uh, we love you guys. Thank you so much, and we'll see you, we'll see you in Buffalo. Hootay. 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 Support for this podcast came from SAS. Data is everything. And now everything is data, which means more to process, more to analyze. And now more than ever, speed to answers matters. So how do you produce those answers as fast as the world produces data? With SAS VIA, the quickest way from a billion points of data to a point of view. It's a more productive data and AI platform that helps you get more done. Learn more today at sas.com slash V-I-Y-A. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise Flagship Fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com slash Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise Flagship Fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com slash Flagship. This is a paid advertisement.